You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Do it. Howdy and what's up? This is the Long Two, a fantasy basketball podcast from faketeams.com. His name is Brandon. My name is Natty. Brandon, Merry Christmas. How you doing? Actually, uh, fuck, I, I know that you were sick and like <laughs> you're you're in a weakened state, so I'm going to try to take advantage and win this podcast. I'm just putting that out there right now. Yeah, not, not feeling great, but recovering um, like many across the country. Uh, you know, suffering from some combination or variation of COVID or the flu, um, have not had a chance to determine exactly what it is, but we'll do that tomorrow. Um, but you know, feeling okay otherwise, and you know, I think you're kind of going through the same thing. So, um, it's good to be off work this week and uh, be home. Uh, speaking of being off work, there are as of Sunday evening, no postponed games scheduled for this week of the NBA, which is, is different. Yeah, I thought I saw. I thought I saw. I saw one. Well, you check that. Uh, there are three teams that are only playing two games this week. However, Orlando. I think Orlando's game tomorrow is postponed. Oh, really? Yes. Shit. Maybe no. it's not official well, yet. Gary but... Harris was on a roll, too. Come on. I know. Fuck. I know. And he's a guy who was planning to talk about a little bit later. He's on my – I mean, he's been taking advantage. He's like 27 or 28 still. He's still young. Anyway, uh, the three teams that are only playing two games this week are the Pistons, the Pelicans, and the Sixers. If you are streaming, you should avoid those three teams because any kind of COVID outbreak means that they could be only playing one game or no games. And if you're in a weekly league, you don't want to have to depend on that because otherwise you just have an empty roster spot. So try to avoid those three teams. The Pistons are decimated by COVID anyway. Um, The Pelicans, I mean, Josh Hart had like 24 points, I think, something like that. He had a good day today. Uh, and Embiid had a great day. It's, I mean, it's impossible for me to tell you not to play Embiid, but just be, just beware, everybody. Just be careful out there. Um, yeah, yeah. It kind of it really stinks for for daily right now. But you know, the, whoever you're matched up against has to deal with the same thing. So, right, exactly. It is what it is. It is, and it seems like a bit more of an equal. Uh, playing ground in fantasy basketball to me than football or baseball. Like the information is so quick. You're just like, Oh, all right. Well, he was pulled right before the game or he was pulled at halftime. It's like, what am I supposed to do about that? Like, there's no real, you you can't be monitoring this every second of every day. So I don't think there are many hard feelings for pickups, but there's also any moving parts that it's like, Teams like the Bucks or the Heat, who have 
you know, multiple perimeter three-point threats. It's like, all right, well, which one of these three is going to have the big night? You know, even if all three are healthy, like, all right, you're still playing roulette a little bit. Um, so just a lot of fucking plates in the air these days, man. And like, if you're streaming weekly, it's brutal. It's it's mm-hmm. so fucking hard because you're missing yeah, games, it right? It is. Um, Speaking but, of you um, know, Paul George, it just means opportunity, yes. right? For for new guys, opportunities sure. for, for new players and uh, glass half more active. Yeah, and it means you have to play fantasy basketball harder, which you know is fun. It's a little bit grindy, but that's okay. We have plenty of time to do it. Um, Paul George, PG thirteen, is for the next month, probably at least. Not with COVID, but with an elbow injury, the same elbow that was injured earlier. Um, The Clippers are still in playoff position. Like, they're the fifth seed, I think, right now. But what that means is that a team that was already absent a few players due to COVID is now absent their best player without Kawhi. So you should pay attention to who's starting for that team because – I think right now, like with all the COVID and with PG-13 being out, it's Bledsoe, Kennard, Terrence Mann, uh, Nick Batum, Mm -hmm. and Serge. Ibaka's back, I think. I think that's... I haven't haven't really seen much (laughs) of him, but... That could uh, yeah. be true. <laughs> it's uh, for it. pretty dude. Battles for LA and New York City have been pretty mediocre this year. Um, but yeah. you know, PG thirteen is a guy that uh, has so many minutes and shots that now that he's out, those shots and minutes have to be distributed. So someone's going to benefit. So I, you know, pay attention to Luke Kennard. I'm not going to tell someone to pick up Eric Bledsoe never again. Um, pay attention to Zubots, pay attention to Man, keep your eye on Serge Ibaka. But uh, when Paul George is out with an elbow for a month, that's a little different in terms of planning fantasy than the COVID protocols, which are 10 days at best. So just keep yeah. that in. And the Clippers play four games this week, so you could get a bunch of cheap volume if you pick right. And you could see, you know, I don't, I haven't checked on his COVID status, uh, but you could see some glimpses of Brandon Boston, the uh, the rookie. Uh, he's played, you know, his minutes ha- have been kind of sporadic, but uh, when he's played, he's shown flashes of why he was like one of the top players in the country coming out of high school a couple years ago, and. Um, you know, he, he's a wing, so he it would make sense that he would get, you know, some extra looks with PG out. So that that's a guy to look at if you're in a deeper league, uh, if you're looking for the upside play. Oh, my God, I was right. Okay, so as we record, the Clippers are playing the Nuggets, and the Clippers' starting five is Batum, Zubats, Bledsoe, Mann, and Kennard. Holy Jesus. And Boston's playing. Uh, and he has five points in the first quarter. All right, right on. Well, goddamn, Brandon, good job. You just fucking called your shot. He's a guy you should keep your eye on. Also has a I cool like basketball name. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Boston Jr. 
And that uh, counts for so much for me. Like it really does. I I, uh, I know. <laughs> if your game's cool or or just sort of fits the sport, then I'm all in. Like I'm at least twenty five percent more excited about you than I would be otherwise. I can't well, fucking I've got, that I've got some good good five. names for you during our ad section, so Right. Okay. So let's start with the challenge game so that we can get sure. to ads because ads are man. <laughs> Everyone needs help these days. So, you know, yeah. I have whatever, 10 to 25 players to mention. Um, the challenge game was Warriors versus Sun. Sorry, Warriors at Suns on Christmas mm-hmm. Day. The number one team by record versus the number two team by record in the NBA. Um, the Golden State Warriors ended up winning at 116 to 107. Um, Wiggins didn't play, Clay didn't play, Jordan Poole didn't play, and the Suns basically had everybody, I think, and the Dubs ended up taking it home, and they did that even though Curry was only 5 for 16 from 3, even though it felt like more than that to me. Like, I I thought he had sunk like 8 threes, but whatever. Otto Porter Jr. ended up getting three big shots at the end of the game to win it. Um, it was a good game, but also like it's fairly disturbing that the Suns didn't win it. Like Booker came back recently from injury, but he was five for nineteen. Um, Aiton wasn't great. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, he got some stats but he just didn't look good jay crowder was three for 11 and two for eight from three not great meanwhile chris paul went 21 six and eight uh they made all 16 of their free throws the suns did which means that you know like they sank 100 percent of their free shots so the score could have looked even worse if they hadn't yeah uh, Draymond was amazing. Eight, eight, and ten with three steals and three blocks. Kaminga looked good. Um, and now the Warriors are twenty-seven and six, and the Suns are twenty-six and six. So they're still the two best teams. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the challenge game? Uh, you know, I'd like to echo a lot of the things you just said there, right? So um, Draymond did look really good, um, very versatile. I mean, at one point, he's, like, picking up Chris Paul full court. Yeah, um, yeah, like, on I, purpose. I that was, like, yeah, motherfucker, like you're this. mine. Yeah. I'm 6'8". Um, I've been guarding your big. Porter, Porter, I, I like – I really like Porter in the Golden State role. Um, I've streamed him a couple times this season. When it seems like he's going to play, he tends to produce. Like, he's a guy that yeah. – is fairly safe to get you double digit points and a handful of rebounds. Like if you know, he's going to get 20 minutes. Um, so in a game like this, where, like you said, a bunch of their wings were out um, Porter, you know, he got 29 minutes and he produced. Um, if you watch the game, you know, most of what Porter did, a lot of it came off setting screens for Curry yeah. and then his defender, you know, doubles Curry and then he's wide open or the, or the defender hesitates for a second because of Curry, and then Porter gets enough space and puts it up. And he hit some pretty nice shots. Like, that yeah. that fadeaway he hit, um, like, at the end of the game, like, that was a tough shot. Dude, that you know, long well two contested. 
Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he, he played really well. A guy I've been, like, impressed with and didn't really know much about him before the season, um, Gary Payton the second. He, he's, he's impressed me. He's impressed me, man. He's like a – he's like a – you know, a six, what is he, six three, like power guard kind of. Yeah. And he's like kind of, it's kind of cool, like seeing him play because they don't really have any other guys like that and they play small. So, you know, sometimes they can kind of get bullied. But then Peyton is kind of like their toughness guy next to Draymond a little bit. Like Bruce Brown West. Like he guards yeah. up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he does. He's kind um, of a nice fucking weapon to have. It's crazy. I, I agree. Yeah, and he, uh, he, you know, he's bounced around the league. He was undrafted. We obviously, know who his dad yeah. is. The glove. Um, I read a little bit about him today. So, you know, both his parents, the Gary Payton, one of the best basketball players to ever come out of Oakland, California, my hometown. His mom, his mom was a basketball player as well, and I think she was a track runner too. So, his mom, you know, really good pedigree. Uh, so it makes sense that the guy is just like dunking on everybody, right? Because if you remember from the GP days, he wasn't really known as like a dunker per se. Um, I would argue that maybe the younger one is probably a little bit more explosive than than his dad. Be um, careful! Be careful! Love <laughs> takes shit serious. Hey, I I know you know. Funny story about about GP. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked in a restaurant. And I was a bus boy, and sometimes I'd wait tables. And Peyton came in. He's from Oakland, so he was. It was the off season. He was back home, uh, and he was taking out a big group. Of, I assume it was his family. GP the second was maybe there. Who knows? Uh, but uh, that's crazy. I waited waited his table, and that's uh, awesome. he was cool. He gave me like a huge tip. I don't remember that's how much so it was, cool. but I remember it was like the biggest tip I'd ever got. Wait, was, uh, he I was probably? The, do you remember where he was then? Um. So it was probably two thousand. So I don't I don't remember where he played in two thousand. But he's so cool. He's yeah. like the best defensive point guard ever. Yeah, probably. Although I did recently watch the Muggsy Bogues doc, and uh, <laughs> he was pretty nasty too. But but you know we digress a little bit here. But uh, yeah, GP the second um, Curry, like you said, a little bit of an off shooting night, but. You know, even when he doesn't shoot well, I don't really consider that a bad game for him because without him, like, none of this works, right? Like, you take him off this team, and, like, this is probably a lottery team, honestly, without him. And I think that – and I don't mean that to insult the rest of these guys because these guys are all playing at a really high level. But the whole system works because of Curry, right? Like, you know, all the movement, the double actions they run – um, so, you know, even when he has a, a night like this, like he's still kind of like won the game for them, I would say. Dude, um, Will Curry was like, when his shot wasn't falling, he just started driving the lane and yeah. not like that reverse layup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was that one where like no one guarded him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That back. Like cut, he just, yeah. <laughs> and he sort of like paused for a second and like realized like, wait a second, no one is going to stop me. And like there was a dude in the paint. I forget who it was. And they were just like, yeah, fucking do it. It's like, what are you doing? What's going on? Yeah, oh, I, I would have thought they would have done a little bit better job on him. Um, on the Phoenix side, you know, this is the last guy I want to talk about. And then I'll pass it back to you. But Aiden had 18 points. But yeah. I would have liked to see them just like 
give them the ball more and just say, look, punish these little guys. They want to come out here with like six foot seven Jonathan Kaminga and guard you. Like I did like how Kaminga looked though. Like he, I, he I like Kaminga a lot. I, I'm a big Kaminga fan. Kaminga's from New Jersey, so like I, I knew about him a little bit in high school. Um, I think he went to the same high school as Kyrie. Um, but uh, I like Kaminga a lot. I, I really do. Um, but come on, man. DeAndre Aiden is like a man. Like that dude's shoulders are like, you know, bigger than my whole body. Like you, let him, you know, pass it into the paint and let him, let him. And he was, and he was eight for 10. So it wasn't like, wasn't, right. you know, efficient. Like, like if he's eight for 10, I'd rather him go, you know, I, I'd rather him miss five more shots and, and take, you know, 16, 17 shots than, than just kind of settle for those, those eight for 10 gimmies. And, um, I, I thought that would have been, I thought that could have been a little bit more of an equalizer in this one, because I do think that, and, and, you know, I'm not the only one right here that the Warriors, the one deficiency is like, they don't really have that post presence right now. Um, so, you know, I would, I would have liked to see the Suns try to exploit that a little bit more. Um, especially when the guy's shooting 80% from the field. So, um, I don't know. What would you think? To start the game, Aiton is matched up against Kevon Looney. That's a matchup. DeAndre Aiton should be dominating. Yeah, that's like, his lunch. Like, just right. eat that guy. For, Which, for, for... And Looney's not shit, but it's like, come on, you're. it's two different calibers of players, you know? Like, you, you should be able to dominate... Uh, that matchup. Not that Looney was always the one guarding him, but my man, Jay Crowder took more shots than DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Like, that's a problem. Just like you said, Ayton was getting points when he was attempting to do it, and then Jay Crowder is 3 for 11, 2 for 8 from 3. Like, a minus 15 for the game. You just... I mean, some of that is, like, time-dependent and, you know, like, when it took place in the game. But you, Jake Crowder shouldn't be taking more shots than DeAndre Aiden anyway. Like, that's not... Not in not, this matchup, especially. Yeah, come on. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I... It seems like after the game, a bunch of people were like, this was a great game, you know, and, like, the Warriors really grinded it out. I just thought to myself, man, this looks like a Suns team that didn't play very well. Devin Booker is coming back from an injury and he was what? Five for 19. Yeah. Uh, ugly. But Mikhail Bridges, six for 10 played great defense. Chris Paul's uh, seven for 14. He went for 21, six and eight. He looked great. Uh, yeah, everyone looked really good. I, I mean, the, the dubs are now two and one against the Suns. I do sort of feel like I mean this is the matchup I want in the Western Conference Finals I think, um, mm-hmm. especially with Clay and like imagine this game with Wiggins and Poole, even without yeah. Clay, like yeah. maybe the Warriors like crush the Suns I don't know, but I still believe in DeAndre Ayton you know like playoff Ayton was amazing and I'm I'm with you like he should have done more in this game they should have helped him do more in this game. Yeah, and, and to a certain degree, right, like that's kind of on Chris Paul, right? Like you expect the ultimate point guard, right? Like he's got to kind of know when, you know, 
hey, like feed the big guy, right? And, um, you know, Aiden, it's probably – it's a function of today's NBA too that we, you just don't feed the, the, the post players anymore except in right. Philly. Yeah. Um, but, like, come on, guys. Like, we, we didn't just start watching the Warriors. Like, we know what their weakness yeah. is. And, uh, and like, you feed game it and then, like, hopefully limits possessions. You know, it slows the game down so that the fucking yeah. Warriors can't take a trillion threes. Also, just back of the fucking baseball card stats, two of the Warriors starters weren't playing. Like, you should be able to beat them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. you had all five of your starters. Who cares if Devin Booker just came back? You should win that game. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. So, I don't know. I did not feel good about the Suns after that, but I still feel like uh, these are the two best teams in the West. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, I think these are the two best teams in the NBA, which is, which is kind of weird because if I, I was looking at the standings and I think the two best teams are in the West – and then, I mean, it depends on how you feel about the Jazz, but then I'd say, like, the next six are all in the East for me. Like, I, I am not really that impressed with the West. Like, I'm looking at, you know, oh, it's like agreed. the Clippers and the Lakers. Yeah, and Paul George is out. Like, what do you mean? The Nuggets with, with, you know, Jokic and a bunch of guys. It's like. Right. Um, right. So, but I do think these are the two best teams in the NBA right now. I, I, I take Phoenix – and I, you know, would I'm kind of assuming the Nets. I'm looking at the Nets in their current state without Kyrie, right? So, um, sure. but the Bucks, I'd say, you know, they're kind of right there. Um, they're mine. But I, man. I don't know. I think, I think the Bucks are the best team if everyone's healthy. I really do. Like they're like Drew Holiday is one of the few dudes in the NBA that can. Uh, legitimately do an okay job against Curry. You know, like, Curry's like LeBron. Like, no one can really yeah. go. But it's like, Drew Holiday is one of the dudes that makes you work for it. No, um, he's been he's been really great. Their, their team, their big three has been great, and they've got a lot of... You mean big four it. since Boogie's there, don't you? Guy who picked up Boogie recently and has enjoyed it? Yeah, but uh, Portis is back. And uh, Boogie's minutes are down back to around like twenty a game. They should go super big with Giannis at the two, and just. <laughs> I mean, he, he was a point guard in the Jason Kidd yeah, days, right? So, yeah, uh, I just still think that Giannis, like playoff Giannis, after he hyperextended his knee and somehow got better last year, um, like that dude. There's just no answer for him anywhere. No, I agree. I think he's he's taken it to another level this year, in my opinion. Like he he's legit gotten better. He just um, turned twenty seven. Yeah, like the past week or something. That's insane. That's yeah, I mean these guys come into the league so young that they they're like they've been in the league for a decade before they turn thirty. It's just kind of yeah. He's arguably having. Like a bet, like he should be in the MVP conversation. Whatever, we're not talking about the Bucks. Fuck them anyway. Go Detroit Pistons. Um, so, okay. One other note to say about the the challenge game. Like it was sort of hard to gauge the Warriors just because two of their starters and really three with Clay 
didn't start. But Draymond and Steph, at the very least, look like uh, Death Squad, or Death Squad, Death Star Warriors. The Suns still seemed competitive for most of the game. Um, I still don't really know what the Suns can do to actually get better, like what kind of trade they could make to like really uh, jump up a level. But we know that the dubs are getting clay back sometimes, so that's that's their addition. Um, so I don't know, like this game, <laughs> I, 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 it's weird. I kind of, I enjoyed watching the game, but I don't really think that I learned a lot from it, if that makes sense. Like, I, the- I agree. Yeah, it's kind of like what, what you would have expected, right? Except that we thought the Suns would have won, but as far as like how the guys performed from a fantasy perspective, I agree. It nothing really changed for me here. The 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 guys who you expect to take most of the shots and be the high usage guys were. Um, but yeah, this is. I think they next match up in March, so it'll be a little while before they see each other again. But yeah, this is turning into a pretty good rivalry, or you know, maybe it's yeah. just too early to call it a rivalry, but uh, at least for this season. Dude, the point guard versus Curry, like that's an awesome fucking matchup. Like that and is, that, yes, yeah, those those guys have battled for a long time, going back to you know CP3 yeah. and with the Clippers, and that was kind of the beginning of the Warriors dynasty. And um, so yeah, agree. Okay, I've got a challenge game thoughts? for you. Oh, okay, cool. Ready? I'm ready. So on Wednesday. The okay, 29th. 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern, the L.A. Lakers traveled to Memphis to face Ooh. the Grizzlies. Ooh, um, really? Yeah. So we haven't, we haven't. I don't think we've discussed the Grizzlies yet this year, have we? Uh, well, we've definitely talked about some of their fucking players. That's for sure. Yeah, we've definitely. Uh, talked. We've talked a lot of basically. Bane. We've talked to basically all their teams. Dude, John Morant's yeah. back, which is great. Like yeah. Desmond Bain had like twenty eight points today or something crazy. Fucking, yeah. I love that whole team. Slow Mo's still there. Um, Jackson's finally starting to kind of develop into what people thought he could be. Yeah. Uh, so that if I saw that De'Anthony Melton and maybe another one of their guards is out, but still, that's Melton's a f- out. Is Brooks out? That's who it was. Uh, yeah, it's okay. it's Melvin Brooks. So it yeah. sucks because like the matchup Davis between DJ and the Brow would have been really cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, but we won't get that. But still, like LeBron versus these dudes is great. Like, yeah, he, but I, we can't we can't hold our breath waiting on AD. So, dude, yeah, it's so. Like, I was thinking about writing a piece about how, like, the battles for L.A. and New York kind of don't really matter this year so far, it seems. Because, like, they're all kind of mediocre. Like, the Nets are the best team in the East, but they definitely don't seem like they can win the title with the team the way it is. Yeah. Um, especially if Kyrie can't play at home games. But, like, the Lakers have real concerns. The Clippers are now without Paul George and Kawhi. And they're sort of in pole position to like make some pretty savvy trades if they wanted to just shoot this in. 
Um, and then the Knicks, even though they had a good Christmas Day game, like they still seem mediocre too. Um, yeah, just real quick on that game, you know, us being in the New York area, it's just like, you know, I, I don't have any issue with the Knicks. I, I like the Knicks a little bit, uh, but it's just like such like New York hype. Like everyone was like so excited about that game. It's like, all right, guys, you, you beat up on the Trey Young less Hawks at home. <laughs> like, Everyone, it was like it was their front court that was there, you know. Clint Capella, fucking John Collins, and Delon Wright started. I think, yeah. like, yeah, it was the Hawks. This is actually a good segue, so we get to talk about the Hawks. Um, people were chanting like "fuck Trey Young" at the end of the game. Whatever. Yeah, they they hate Trey Young here for some reason. Dude, I mean, I know why, like, but it's <laughs> well because it's. it's he stomped on the logo, didn't he? <laughs> Last year in the playoffs. Was that was that at the end of the series or was that like mid series? I don't I remember. Forget, but you know, the Knicks aren't. Yeah, but I feel like they hated him like pretty early on. Wasn't it? Be- I don't know. I don't. I don't really know when that happened. I didn't follow it that closely. I'll be honest. I mean, they'd, they'd trade everything to get him. They'd trade RJ and Julius Randle and, like, all their picks to have him. They'd love him harder than anybody. Um, yeah, that game was stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Kemba had a great game, sort of. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, kind of. He, I mean, he, I think he still shot, like, yeah, know, it was like awful. Thirty-five percent or right. something. It wasn't. It wasn't. I think it was three for twelve or three for fourteen. Like basically, Randall's three was dropping, and that's why they won. And the Hawks yeah. are like, the Hawks are missing everybody basically, and mm-hmm. uh, their defense sucks anyway. And um, both those teams are pretty mediocre. Like, I'm not afraid of either of those teams. I think the Hawks got worse, but it's hard to judge. We're going to talk about them. They're our focus team this week, so we're going to go more in depth. But, like, I don't think that they got better uh, in the offseason. And the Knicks definitely didn't get better. The Fournier signing continues to be stupid. Like, he he's useful if his three is falling. Cool. Yeah. Just like everybody else in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and... You know, the you kind of say the same thing about about Kemba a little bit too, right? I mean, when his three's falling, he he's all right, and when it's not, it's like he's kind of you know he's been unplayable from the coach's perspective. So, dude, the thing that Kemba brings though is like energy, and he doesn't really like Julius Randle. Sometimes this season just despondent. He's like, man, I just want to go sit on a couch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it is. And that's, I th- I don't think that's uh, surprising for a Tibbs team. Like I've seen yeah. a bunch of Tibbs players hang their heads. It's fine, uh, but you need a dude like Joakim Noah to keep people's heads up. And I sort yeah. of feel like Kemba's that dude. You know, like he got benched and he sort of got embarrassed. Um, and he stuck with it and was totally professional about all of it. And now that D Rose is out for months. Like, Kemba has to start. It's funny. Yep. Like, Tibbs probably wouldn't be starting him if he didn't have to, but now he does. Um, yeah. 
Ultimately, that's kind of maybe nice for the Knicks front office because if Kemba actually starts delivering, then maybe you can trade him uh, because I just don't believe that this Knicks roster is any kind of threat in the playoffs at all. Like, they have first round out at best as a ceiling, I think, the way it's currently constructed. Yeah, so two things on that, on Kemba. So, one... I watched the post-game interview with Randall and Kemba, you know, when they interviewed them, like, still on the court. And uh, you could totally tell that, like, Randall, even though maybe he's, like, the, the, the you know, the top guy as far as, um, you know, salary and production, sure. he deferred to Kemba. You could tell that Kemba, he's kind of looking to Kemba to be the emotional leader of the team. He's the New Yorker. He's a point guard. He's been in the garden. You know, he's had a ton of monumental games throughout his career in college and high school and all that. So um, you could kind of tell that, like, when Kemba is playing like that, like, it's it's kind of like his team a little bit. Um, as much as, like, it can be your team when you're, you know, you score 10 points in a game. But uh, <laughs> but from an emotional, from a leadership standpoint, and I think Kemba, he seems like the type of guy that, like, guys like playing with. Like, he seems yeah. like a good guy. Totally. Seems like his ego doesn't get in the way. Um, you know, he, he seems like guys really like him because, you know, even if you, you hear interviews with, like, the Boston guys, like, they they really speak highly about him. and uh, Totally. You know, so, uh, and then, but second, to your point about, you know, if Kemba performs well, they could possibly trade him. I don't think there's any way that the New York Knicks, if they're in playoff position and Kemba's playing well, I don't think you can do that. I, I don't think the, the fan base, I think there would be an absolute, mutiny and you know of course that's new york that's me putting the new york like if you believe part of a package that got you someone serious back like the new york knicks fan base would be like don't do it i don't know yeah but who's gonna trade someone quote-unquote serious to get kemba in a win now package who needs i mean what are we talking like ben simmons or something are you talking no 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 um, would you rather have, well, you wouldn't rather have Tim Hardaway Jr. You already had him. Um, yeah, get Chris stops back. <laughs> oh, that would be, funny. <laughs> that would be really, really, really funny. Um, who could you get? I don't know. I haven't thought about it really, but yeah. I do feel like everybody on that Knicks team should be tradable. Like I'd rather keep RJ. But, I agree, objectively speaking, but, but the New York fans that I know, when he's playing well, you know, even when he's not playing, but yo, that's great, sentimentality. Like, so your New York Knicks fans are like, I'd rather have our stealing be a first round exit, maybe get to the second round, but then get destroyed, than like try to get another young asset. They've been doing that for two decades natty like they have they, the fan base once they'd rather have that first round exit but when they in another rebuilding year dude with d rose out like it is i mean derrick rose has been the engine for that team since he came back and how long is rose out i think it's a couple of months okay but he'd but be like, back in theory like well before the playoffs Great, cool. So you, I mean, who who are you beating? Like, 
in your it like you're you're hopefully beating the Bulls. There's no fucking way you beat the Bucks. Uh, if you beat the Nets, then it's like the biggest uh, celebration of the Knicks since they won fifty seven thousand years ago. Um, I yeah. It's just not a team that's built to compete in the playoffs anyway. Like their front court isn't versatile enough. Where I'm they disagreeing with you. Something. You disagree just, with that? I'm, no, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. Oh, okay. I, I'm just I saying that saying, I think like, they have Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens <laughs> No, like they. I don't, like, know. I, I, I don't like this team, but I, I just think that fan bases, you know, they tend to be irrational, and everyone okay. loves a good hometown kid story, right? So. But uh, let's let's talk about the Hawks. We let's yeah let's get into the Hawks and Clint Capella, who I'd rather see as a Nick than either of their starting centers. Yeah, I, I like I like Clint more than 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 those guys. Um, I agree with you there. So right now the Hawks, these are the guys that are out as of today: <laughs> Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins, Danilo Gallinari, Lou Williams. Timothy Luawu Cabarro, Jalen Johnson, Onyeki Okongwu, and DeAndre Hunter. Hunter isn't out with COVID, but yeah. No, no, these are just, just guys that are Those out. Those dudes that are for out. For whatever reason. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That sounds like a lot, but that's kind of the situation of like half the teams in the NBA right now. So and like the Hawks were constructed with depth in mind. So yeah. they have a lot of good players or at least solid players or at you know players that we expected to be but able to perform, but they do have a ton of depth, but they don't have any depth at the one spot that matters the most, which is at the point guard position. So yeah, if Trey Young's there and you know all these other guys are out, fine. You know, you still got Bogdanovich. You still, you still have Cam Reddish, Clint Capella, uh, Delon Wright. But without Trey, like this team, they're going to struggle to to beat anybody. I think. Like they're nothing. Yeah, it, you know? it's kind of like, like what we they're... what I said about Steph. Like you yeah. take Steph out, and like it seems like a really good team, but it's like it, he stirs the drink, right? So totally. Right, because, like, their front court, the Hawks' front court of John Collins and Clint Capella, like, they've learned to play together, and I think they're actually pretty good offensively together. I don't think mm-hmm. that, that can work in the playoffs defensively, but whatever. Um, but <laughs> Trey Young, after sort of a slow start to the season, like, he's number five on the player Raider in fantasy. Uh, he's averaging 27, four and nine with a steal per game over two threes per over two threes per game, shooting 37% from three, which is the best of his career. You would think that it's higher than that, but he's the volume three point shooter. So it ends up. Yeah. Um, John Collins is number 25 on the player Raider. So they have two top 25 dudes in fantasy. And then Clint Capella is number 77, so three top 100. Then everybody else is outside of the top 150. And it's a bunch of dudes that we like. And they're all the dudes yeah. you mentioned. It's Herder, Gallinari, Reddish, Lagdanovich, Sweet Lou, DeAndre Hunter. Like, there's everyone got hurt or everyone got COVID or they 
just haven't really progressed. Like I, I would like to have seen better from Cam Reddish. He had a really good game against uh, Orlando the other day, 34 points, but against the Knicks on Christmas day with all these dudes out, yeah, um, had 10, six and three. You'd like to see better than that, I think. But yeah, him and Hunter are still young. Like, I don't think I'd be, unless I could truly upgrade on the wing, like big time. I, I still feel like I would be keeping them as a franchise. But then there's dudes like, you know, Gallinari and Herder and Bogdanovich. I mean, Bogdanovich is averaging 11, three and two on the year. It just seems like he's never really there. Yeah, and, you kind of forget about him a little bit, right? Like he gets lost yeah. in the shuffle, the wing shuffle, right? They've got like five legit wings, and um, he seems to kind of sometimes be the odd man out. And um, like he, I think, was supposed to be the backup to Trey as like w- the main distributor. Like he's the guy that can run the offense when Trey sits. And he's just been injured and had COVID and or didn't have COVID, but was out for protocols. Yeah, and they just like for a team with depth, they just don't really seem to have it in the right place, like you said. Yeah, or it's never all at the right place at the right time. Like if mm-hmm. they're missing the backcourt, they have the frontcourt. If they're missing the frontcourt, they have the backcourt, or they're missing the wing, whatever. But like when Trey's there, I mean, they're fifteen and seventeen on the season. They're in eleventh place. But Trey has looked better after, like, a slow start. Like, he's looking dagger. He looks amazing. And if the front court is also playing well, then I I, I kind of feel like this team still has a chance. Like, I don't think that they could make the finals, but I do sort of feel like with a little bit of luck, they could beat a non-Bucks team in the East. Yeah. Um, I, I'd probably agree if they're at full strength, you know, right. once, you get, yeah. once you get past really like the top two in the East, right? Like why can't they, they could probably beat anyone. Right. Um, John Collins. So I didn't really realize like how efficient he was as a three point shooter. I yeah. know he like he 40, almost 43%. He shot 40, 39.9 last year, 40.1 the year before that. Um, and, you know, not on like one, one attempt, like three and a half attempts. Um, so, you know, would, it'd be interesting to see, you know, him try to take over a little bit more uh, while Trey's out. Um, I know his game is not necessarily built for that. Um, he's more of a guy who kind of like needs to be fed, Um He's not a guy that's going to, like, break you down off the dribble. But, you know, like, he's he's the best player out there right now for them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to see kind of like, you know, he, he was clamoring, saying, you know, kind of that he's a max player. So, um, you know, like, let's see it, right? Um, he's he's a, a – I think you're right. Like, it's not the most seamless fit with him and Capella. But, you know, who – that's kind of like the story of the whole league, right? It's tough to, like, fit these bigs together in, in the way the modern NBA works these days. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to see, like, what, what's Collins going to do while, while Trey's out um, because, you know, he's – him and, and Reddish kind of given all the wings that are out, I, I think those yeah. two guys are the guys who kind of have the potential to, to fill that void a little bit. Like, Reddish has a chance – 
he's super young, but like this is an opportunity. If you can really rise up and like become a twenty point per game dude on the wing, then that changes everything. Yeah. Especially because DeAndre Hunter should be coming back in January, I believe. So, like, in a few months, the Hawks could look like a totally different team that has massive depth and young, defensive-minded, athletic, and athletic wings. Like, they, in, in a perfect Hawks world, I do feel like they could look pretty deadly. But, yeah, agreed. I mean, you they've know, got the most wing depth of, like, any team, I think, in the league, right? So, Right, if, if everyone's there. But it's also, like, like, what you said with Steph, like, if Trey isn't there, it's a different team. And then, you know, it's like he's so valuable to the Hawks that it's like, I, I really don't believe in them as a team when he's not there. Yeah. The one guy we didn't mention who probably is the natural, uh, you know, fill-in for Trey is uh, your man, Lance, born ready. Dude, but like, <laughs> wait a second. Like, wait, is Luke Williams out with COVID? Yeah, all right, he's out. He's with out. Too. Um, God damn, though. Uh, first of all, yes, the eighth grader. <laughs> um, I, he it was, in the, so he was awesome. in the G League, like, what, a week, four days ago? Like, that would just be so cool. But, like, DeLon Wright is a serviceable nah, I, Yeah, he had 20 points the other day. Yeah, he's um, not a bad player. He's, he's actually – I actually like his game. Yeah. Um, he just – he's not a guy, like, built for that volume, right? And the thing is, like, it's one thing when you're asked to take eight to ten shots, but when, you know, teams are scheming for you and trapping you right. and double-teaming you, it's just yeah. a different game, right? Yeah, I can give you one good game out of five, or you know, right. with that, like amount of scoring. It's like, all right, cool. That's all we need from you. Yeah. Um, okay, so it was just sort of hard to gauge the Hawks with so many people out, but it's a team that's on the cusp of being either pretty shitty or pretty good. I think. Yeah, and it just sort of depends on health. Um, they play three games this week. They're at home for Chicago, then at Chicago, then at Cleveland. So wait, these are their next 10 games. So like I said, so like big picture wise, they're 15 and 17, 11th place. These are their next 10 games. Chicago, Chicago, Cleveland, Portland, Sacramento, Lakers, Clippers, Heat, Heat, Knicks. It's not the easiest schedule. Like, yeah, but it's it's also not like the hardest yeah. either, right? Yeah, um, so you just but like you said, it it's 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 hard to call it with with the the situation right now with this roster. The one thing I'll say is that the guys that are healthy that are going to play, um, you know, predicting the wing situation is, is a little tough, uh, yeah. but. I feel comfortable playing Reddish in a 12-team league right now as, like, you sure. know, one of my, my guys who's, like, kind of on the back end of my roster, even when they're close to full strength. Um, I'll definitely play him right now. Um, you know, as some of these, you know, same thing probably with, with Bogdanovich. Um, so you just – it's kind of like the story of the entire league. You just have to kind of monitor who's available. But, you know – 
I do think from a real life standpoint, like you said, if Trey's there and they have like 75% of those other guys, I, I do like that team. Okay. Well, that is, I mean, we're, we're moving on through the season. So we're going to start talking about like the teams that we think are actually possibly good. And yeah. I think the Hawks were a good team to start with because they seem so, I mean, they're hard to gauge because of the absences, but it's also like, this could be a good team. They really yeah. could, they could be a danger in the playoffs. They uh, definitely so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Do you have a team focus to suggest or should we do that later? Um, I did not pick one yet. But all right. We'll do that later. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that out this week. Okay. So uh, we're going to take a brief ad break and we'll be right back with some player additions for the week. We are back with some player additions for a chaos week, the last week of 2021. I am sure it will be as strange as the rest of the year. It will be a synecdoche of 2021 at large. Brandon, I just have a bunch of names. Like, I don't really know, like, how you want to do this aside from embracing the whirlwind. Well, definitely want to do that. So I have five. (laughs) Cool. And, um, you know, we've talked about three of them already. So I'll just quickly touch on on the first two and then – I'll pass it over to you if you want. Um, Kevin Love, I think we talked about him last week. He's on still my list. Owned, still owned in under 20% of leagues, I believe. Yeah, 19.9. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't played a ton of minutes, but it doesn't seem like he needs a ton of minutes. He's playing in the last two weeks 19.8 minutes per game, um, kind of fluctuating between, you know, 17 and 24 four at most not really creeping into that 30 range but he's still giving you 16 and a half points seven and a half rebounds um almost three three pointers a game he's shooting 91 percent from stripe 52 percent from the field um you know not going to give you much in the stocks but that's always been the case with k-love um i'm kind of shocked that like he's that he's not owned in more leagues. I mean, he's scored in double figures now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Twelve of his last thirteen games, right? So, like, kind of surprised that that and it, and you know the, the additions are are increasing. It, he's up five percent in the last week. So he was fifteen percent a week ago. He's up to almost twenty now. Um, but he's like. And in, in, I'm looking at our league, so I don't, I'm not looking at a standard league, but he's the 13th ranked power forward in our league right now. Um, so to me, this seems like kind of a no brainer. Um, right now, Jared Allen's in the protocol, in the health and safety right. protocol. So, uh, you know, that just means, you know, more minutes. I think Love started the last game. Uh, first start he's had all season, I believe. Today. Oh, yes. Did you see yeah. what happened in that game? Uh, I didn't see the game. The Cleveland Cavaliers starting Kevin 22. Center won by 45 points 
against oh, the wow. Toronto Raptors. Oh yeah, I see now. Yeah, twenty-two and nine for Kayla. I mean, now in the eighteen Raptors, minutes. Well, the other funny thing is that uh, the Raptors are walking wounded with COVID too. But uh, Utah Watanabe had twenty-six and thirteen, wow. <laughs> which is incredible. Um, yeah, Caleb had 22 points tonight, nine rebounds. He went six for nine from three point. Um, Jared Allen is out. Like you said, like they're going to start Kevin love you. He has to be rostered. He's a top 50 player in basic fantasy basketball over the past month. Um, If he's actually getting these minutes, these shots, you, you have to start him. He has to, he doesn't doesn't even seem like he has to, start though i mean if he's getting right 20 minutes a game which he's gotten for the last month yeah he's pretty I, much a guaranteed shooting 15 and 7 yeah like yeah uh, he's so he's either auditioning for a trade or he's bought in to this young surprisingly solid cleveland team and he's mm-hmm. kind of cool with his role which i mean if a healthy kevin love is fine with being handcuffed then that is a really nice fantasy player to have <laughs> yeah like, no I, I i like i wish that i had him right now because he he seems you know under owned for sure um 16 and 7 in under 20 minutes that's fantastic that's great yeah and you know what you're going to get right like this isn't like a guy who's out overperforming you know, he's he almost made the Olympic roster this past year, so he can still play. Um, so yeah, I, I would pick him up pretty much in every league right now. Like here's uh, who the Cavaliers started tonight: Darius Garland, Ricky Rubio, the finisher Laurie Markkinen at the three, Dean Wade at the four, and then Caleb at the five. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is in fucking credible. Wow, Denzel Valentine sighting, by the way. Um, and the Cavs won by 45 points. Yeah. Hey, give us your second ad. My second guy, uh, I believe I mentioned him last week too, just in passing, but uh, Metu on the Sacramento Kings. Oh. So um, I believe Metu, he's moved into the starting lineup as of late um didn't have a great game today i don't know if this game is still underway um but you know had a double double on the 22nd against the clippers in 31 minutes um has kind of given you slightly you know he's he's kind of flirting with double doubles he's not consistently getting enough rebounds but you know, he's a young player who's getting more playing time. He, he's, you know, four out of his last five games, he's played over 30 minutes, and he scored in double figures three times and had double-digit rebounds twice. Um, he's gotten a pretty pretty nice share of steals also during that span, and he, he chips in with like a block two per game. He'll hit one three-pointer. So, you know, he's kind of almost, he's kind of almost giving you some similar production to, to K-Love. Um, but with some defensive production and slightly less scoring um, and three-pointers. So he's a guy that, you know, might have some upside long-term. It seems like, you know, they're more committed to him than they are to Marvin Bagley at this point, um, which is, is kind of crazy. But uh, 
Damn. Um, he's a guy that I like in deeper leagues. He's owned in less than 6% of leagues. He was owned in 1% of leagues last week when we, when I mentioned him. So, you know, that's, that's creeping up. Uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a guy that I like too in a pinch and um, it seems like they, they like him in Sacramento. I don't know what to say about the Kings. Like they have all these players that I actually kind of like from a fantasy point of view and some of whom I like in a real life point of view as well. And it just seems like they have no fucking idea what they want to do. Like they don't know who they want to choose. They don't know how they want to run the team. They don't know if they want to make a trade. They don't know if they want to trade for someone or trade someone away. Uh, Buddy Heald is suddenly almost 30 Marvin Bad, yeah. a third pick in a draft uh, with Luca and Trey, like is getting less minutes than this dude that no one had ever heard of three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. They fired their coach. It's bad. It's really, really bad. But fucking Tyrese Halliburton is awesome. Yeah, There's he continues to play really well. He's awesome. And and maybe they feel like Metu is a guy who plays compliments you know Halliburton better right he's he's kind of you know more of your the the modern prototypical big right now he can shoot three and block shots a little bit um so you know Metu's a guy that I think is worth taking a peek at in a deeper league like let's give the benefit of the doubt to the Kings and the coaches they have a dude who was the third was he the third or the second it doesn't matter he was a high Bagley he was the uh he was the second pick, I believe. So, like, you have every impetus in the world, motivation in the world to, like, play him, either so you can trade him or you can feel comfortable giving him an extension just to see what you have. And they're playing this other dude instead. And it's yeah. like, you you already fired the coach. You don't really have anything to lose. You... And they're choosing to play this other guy instead of Bagley. Like, that's rough. That is really, really terrible. Um, But it's good for owners of Jetsy because it seems like they like him more and he's better. So, shit, good. Yeah. That's great. You got someone for free. I mean, he, what is he, 6% rostered? Is that what you said? Uh, Yes, 5.9. Yeah, uh, up up about five percent the last week. So he was one percent a week ago. He's up six percent now. So you know that he's not going to be available in every league if you wait. Um, but yeah. you know, this is a guy who I don't see a ton of upside. Um, but he is a younger guy, and um, you know, who knows? If, you know, he might he might prove to be like fairly consistent if he sticks in the role. I mean, they're playing him on purpose, right? Like maybe they yeah. see. Something. Maybe they ha- see a higher ceiling. Who knows? Maybe. Either uh, way, the last, the last, the last guy I'll slip in there, and I'll let you talk about him because I, I know he's on your list, and that's and we've mentioned him already as Golden Gary. So take it away. I thought you were going to say Omer Yurt Seven. <laughs> oh, I had him. I was, I was, I was keeping that one stashed. But if you want to discuss him too, go ahead. Oh no, I'll let the, I'll let you do. I'll do Golden Gary. You do over <laughs> for sure. Um, Golden Gary Harris, who is still somehow twenty-seven, uh, is the two guard for the Orlando Magic. 
He is 5.2% rostered in his last, in the last two weeks, he's averaging 16, three and two with two plus three pointers made. He plays around 34 minutes per game. He's been top 75 the last month. Top 75 is top 75. He's still a relatively young player uh, who had high upside and potential earlier in his career. The magic are a disaster. They should be trying to highlight good players and trying to find good players on their roster while they're in a position to do so. So I think Gary is actually in prime position to be a solid to good player on a bad team, which means that he is fantasy gold, which means he's back to being golden Gary. So missed you. You've been gone for a long time. We did not forget about Gary. We would never forget about Gary. I still love you. Um, You're sort of in the perfect situation. I mean, if you can keep this up and like show the league that you can be a solid starter playing good defense on the wing, then, you know, who knows what happens. Um, He is traditional three and D guy, right? I mean, um, yeah. His three-point percentage, it, it's ticked down the last few years, which has kind of been the knock on him. He had the he right. had the uh, 39% in the 2018 season, and since then he's been more around like 34%. Um, so if he could ever like kind of return to form and be in that upper 30s again, I think, I think he could, you know, really, really carve out a role and kind of stick for a while. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Ride it. I'm, you know, ride Gary. I think – you and I have both streamed him in the last two weeks in our league. Sure. Dude, 34 <laughs> minutes. Like that's, <laughs> and it's not empty minutes either. Like he gets shot attempts, you know? So it is, uh, it's sort of out of nowhere, but the last month top 75 and he's under 10% rostered for sure. You will take he's made, that. He's made 16 starts this year. So he started more. He started like 60% of the games he's played. And that's sort of a testament to, like, how Bear Orlando has been. Like, they, you know, if everyone was healthy, uh, you know, several of these guys wouldn't be playing. But that happens every year, and it's why you sign with teams like the Magic. It's why you don't really mind getting traded to bad teams if you can, you know, up your player profile. It's the perfect landing spot for Gary. Like, just show that you're solid. That's all you need to do. Yes, sir. Um, Agreed. Pick him up. And it's just nice to see you again, honestly. I missed you, yeah. Gary. I loved you so hard. Just keep in mind, um, like I said, I believe that uh, the Monday game is, is going to be postponed. Oh, that's uh, right. At least at least yeah. that's what um, that's what's on the uh, – Orlando yeah, on three games. Yeah, they year? won't play the Raptors on Monday. Okay. The game will be postponed. So – um, you know, in a oh, weekly shit. league may, may be a little tough to, to Never mind. this yeah. week, but nonetheless, he's, he's still, you know, very, I mean, with that said, you don't know who else is going to be postponed. <laughs> like Tuesday, there might be two more games, right? So like, if you have the roster spot and he fits the profile, I still think he's a, a really good ad. I have a dude who is under 25% rostered who is better than that, and you don't have to risk it, also a guard, uh, Patty Mills, Mm. 
Brooklyn has three games this week. However, two are at home, so Kyrie can't play those even if a miracle <laughs> Also, the other game's in L.A., I think, and I don't think that he could play there. He can't play there either. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry about it. Um, all right, I'll give you Patty's numbers over the past two weeks in just a second, but I just want to say this to start. Patty Mills, who was ostensibly hired by the Brooklyn Nets to be their backup point guard this season. Patty Mills has the third most three-pointers made total in the NBA. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that does deserve a wow. Think of all the dudes who are shooting threes. Think about all the dudes who are getting minutes. Patty Mills, a backup point guard, is third. Um, he should be rostered, <coughs> excuse me, in at least half of all leagues for that alone. Yeah. Not just because three pointers made is its own individual stat cat, but also threes are more points over the past two weeks. Patty Mills is averaging 23 points per game with four rebounds per game and four assists per game. And he's averaging five, three pointers made. He's playing over 36 minutes per game uh, because the Nets need him to. He is the unsung MVP of the team. He, I think, has played most, if not every game. Uh, I think so, yeah. A dude like Alex Caruso, who is top, can get you top three in total steals. Uh, You know, guys that get you tops and blocks. Like, Patty Mills is helping you win a stat category by himself. That's how many threes he's giving you uh, in just a pure volume stat in just a pure counting stat. And he's not a backup point guard. Like he's a bulk reliever. He's going out there for the rest of the game after the opener, basically, you know? Yeah. Um, And he's less than 25% rostered. And he's shooting 44% from deep right. So he's taking seven and a half threes a game, shoot, make, knocking him down at 44%. You watch the game on, you know, Christmas. He was just, he, he destroyed. I mean, James Harden had a really good game too, but Mills just was deadly. And he just exposed Russell Westbrook's defense like time and time again. In a um, lot of ways, the only reason the Nets have the record they do is because of Patty Mills. Yeah. Like he's no, he's been, been, been he's been really really now. good. It's unreal how like, I mean twenty three four and four, you're you're not going to find better than that outside of the first two rounds of the draft. Yep. Yeah. No. He's he's been really good. Um, he uh, he's another guy who you know he he kind of got that Olympic bump. Uh, you know he wasn't on Team USA. Obviously, he played for the Aussies. But he he was pretty dominant in you know in the international tournament, and uh, you know it seems like guys historically when they they kind of have that Olympic experience they sometimes take it to the next level that the next season. So I don't believe this is probably not his first Olympics, but this seemed like maybe it was his first yeah. Olympics where he was kind of like the lead guy or one of the lead guys. Um, ben Simmons was supposed to be on that team too. It's kind of funny, but uh, like coming from the Spurs, him and DeRozan are both totally fucking dominating. Yeah. 
and I oh, and wings like, and guards. USA coach, but dude, and now Dejounte Murray is looking like he's one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, and a closer at that, right? Yeah, like a guy who you like can take over at the end of the game. Pop with guards, man! Like it's a real fucking thing. It really, really is. I it is that makes me kind of like more tempted to try to see what Ben and him could do. Like to go off on a full tangent, but Ben isn't really like a guard. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think. You know, that's been floated a lot. Like, you know, some have floated, like, something built around DeJounte. But, you know, at this point, DeJounte, they probably don't want to get rid of him, right? So, I don't know how realistic San Antonio is at this point because I don't think that they're going to, like, package a bunch of picks and kind of spare parts for, for Simmons. But that would definitely be a really interesting landing spot. Like, DeJounte can't shoot threes well either, so, like, hit both of them sharing the floor w- would be uh, so Less than ideal. <laughs> but, um, you know, unless Ben was like, yo, you're our starting center, but I don't think that they would anyone is going to do that. Uh, at yeah. least Ben, he'll get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Um, but, yo, the pop guard thing is for real, and I just want to mention that. Uh Okay, so that was my makeup ad. What are I have like fifty-seven dudes here. Um, who else is someone that we should mention? Oh, Terrence Mann. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned him earlier, maybe when we were talking about Paul George. But this yep. is just a pure opportunity edition. Paul George is out. Terrence Mann might get some of his minutes and his shots. Uh, yeah. Over the past two weeks, Terrence Mann is averaging thirteen five and two with over a three-pointer made on 55% shooting overall. Um, And the Clippers have four games this week. So the return on investment for Mann, who is 12% rostered, could be pretty high, actually, just by default. Like, the minutes and the shots have to go somewhere, and you have four games. Yeah. Mann Mann has been an intriguing guy since, like, the bubble, right? Um, he, he had some really good games in the bubble and, uh, he was a guy like coming into the year that I thought could be like a breakout guy with Kawhi missing, you know, looks like he's going to miss most, if not the whole season. Um, he hasn't quite done that, but right now with George out, I agree. Like I like man a lot. He's, he's a guy who kind of fits in the same mold as, as, you know, PG is like a really big, you know, versatile wing. Um, he can score and rebound um, and he's comfortable with the ball in his hand. So yeah, take a I, shot. I think the Clippers are sort of like in a situation where it's like, all right, well we have this kid man. And then we have Nick Batum like, who do you think we should focus on? And I just sort of feel like, you know, Batum, you're coming back from injury. Like, you don't need to start or, or you know, like, you don't need to play as many minutes. Let the kid handle it, you know. Just be polite it always, about it. It always seems that way, but Batum, he just never goes away. And, like, <laughs> he's been ultra-efficient this year for what he does yeah. when he was playing. So, it's Like, un- his numbers are, are very unsexy, 
But then you look yeah. at the end of the year and he's like, you know, you know, he's ranked up there like a lot higher than you'd expect just because he's like very well-rounded. And like you said, he's playing, he's shooting, you know, fairly efficiently. This it's year like too, why so. he keeps getting hired by teams in real life. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We could totally use this solid guy who like doesn't yeah. get the great. Yeah. No. So, but I agree with you. Um, you don't, you almost, I don't know. You, you kind of, I think we had much lower expectations for the, for the Clippers coming into the year once, you know, we saw Kawhi was out and I kind of wish that they had kind of underperformed so we could see some of these younger guys instead of so much like Bledsoe and Batum and uh, Reggie Jackson. But like, I'd like to see more man in Boston and, you know, some of these other guys, but, uh, but you know they they're right in the thick of it. They're you know yeah. I think what they're in like the six seed right now or the are they in the five? I, I don't think even, the Lakers and them are five and six. I whatever. I'm not going to pull it up. Um, they yeah, but were, they're in there. They're in right now. So so if you were the Clippers GM, what would you do? If I was going to make a move, or as far as just like how I want the 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 minutes to be distributed. Oh, no, if you were going to make a move, like, they better go to Terrence Mann. Like, you can't fucking run your offense through Nick Batum. That's insane. Like, you, like he, he's there to compliment other people. You, It's just like you said, you have to find out what you have in these actual young players while you have the chance to do it. Like, there's the if part I, of they should blow the team up, but then it's like, okay, you have Paul George and Kawhi next year, and what? Exactly, and then you know you you have you're kind of beholden a little bit to Kawhi, right so um i'm with you i would love to see them scrap some of these guys but they're in playoff position right now and um you yeah. know i don't think they're going to do that i think that they want to appease Kawhi. part of appeasing Kawhi is appeasing paul george paul george before uh, you know, this injury was having a really good season. So oh, clearly cool. he's, he's yeah. you know, he's he wants to compete. So I think, you know, what they should do and what they what they will have to do kind of at the, uh, you know, to, to kind of make right by their superstars are conflicting. Um, so I don't I don't really see them doing anything too dramatic. I don't really think they want to trade any of those young guys for win now pieces. So I don't see them doing a whole, whole lot. Maybe, you know, maybe they kind of make some moves around the margin, maybe move on from like one of those, those older guards, uh, Jackson or Bledsoe. Um, R. Jackson's best friends with Paul George. So it would be. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, Like the thing is, if you did want to blow it, like, I think that the Clippers could, for lack of a better phrase, like self-sabotage while still getting a better player. Like, you know, like I think they they could try to package two or three players and a pick to try to get another like all-star level dude, which would improve their roster technically for this year. Mm -hmm. Like would obviously with Kawhi out and Paul George not returning, like it would be, you know, just sort of theater. But then next year you have three all-stars. Yeah. The problem is interesting. You know, I think that the dude that sort of fits that would be a guy like Pascal Siakam. Mm -hmm. 
like, you know, does Toronto want your garbage? <laughs> you know, like in a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, they don't really have a dude, I think, that the Clippers would really want outside of SGA, and that's not happening, obviously. Yeah. Like Houston, Christian Wood, I guess, maybe. Eric Gordon, I guess, maybe. Um, you know, it's it, it's sort of tough to find trades to really upgrade yeah. your there's team. Not, there's not a ton of great great fits for that. Like Jeremy Grant, maybe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it, it's it's tough. And like Eric Bledsoe is a totally disposable player. Like you can't let a trade not go through because of him. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, no, agreed. So I don't know, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity for minutes in this team right now. I think Kennard is probably going to get a bunch of minutes because I think he's a pretty big trade target no matter what they do. Um. And man, if he's bubble, like that's great for them. That's just so good for the Clippers. If you if you suddenly have another like two way player on the wing, that changes everything, sort of. Yeah. 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 No, they've got some interesting young talent. Um, so it'll be. I, I think you're right. There's some good opportunities there for the next. Uh, what is it? A month with PGs out. So yeah, agreed. Who else do you have? Well, I don't have Avika Zubats because I just don't give a shit about him. Like, <laughs> well, no, no, I don't mean who else do you have from the. From I know. I, I just wanted to say that. Like, <laughs> I don't give two flying fucks about Zubats. I, he's a totally fine player. I just have no opinion. I don't care. I'd rather have someone else, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I'd rather have Alperin Senjun, Senjun, mm-hmm. whoever. He's a dynasty pick. <laughs> 14% rostered. Uh, the Rockets have four games this week. Uh, and Senjin has been top 75 over the last month. So that's for real. And it's, you know, lasted for a while. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith is getting a bunch of play while Luca is out. And even when he comes back, he'll probably get a bunch of the um, shots and minutes just diminished a little bit. Uh, who else? Eric Gordon is doing well. But, you know, how much do you want to trust that? But let's move on to Omer here at seven. The okay. man, the myth, the legend, a 2K boyfriend of both of ours, I think. Currently 1.5% rostered on ESPN. The Miami Heat have four games this week. Uh, Omer, we're on a first-name basis, but you can refer to him as Mr. Yurt7, uh, is the starting center for the Miami Heat because... Everybody else, (laughs) like everybody else, is out. Uh, Bam Adebayo is out. Dwayne Dedman will be out. Um, Yurt seven since December seventeenth has been averaging eight points and twelve rebounds per game in around twenty four minutes per game. Uh, On Sunday uh, today, uh, he went for 16 and 15 in 33 minutes against Orlando, a shitty team. But, you know, that's kind of counting stat volume maybe you can expect. Uh, Jimmy Buckets was back today, so it's not like your seven was just by himself. <laughs> you know, he had to share the court with another all-NBA talent. 
Um, but shit, man, he's a starting center for a team with uh, finals aspirations, and he has to be out there because they don't have anything else. So I'm, I have faith in Yurt Seven, in his opportunity, in his ability. If you are seriously in need of a starting center or in need of rebounds this week, I would go and take a look at Omer. Yeah. So, look, there's not there's not a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> it's not a much of a track record for him in the NBA <laughs> at this point. Um, but he was a you know a highly touted international prospect coming out of Turkey. Um, and like you said, it's a pretty simple calculus here, right? Like he's starting, he played 33 minutes, went for 16 and 15. Even coming off the bench, the, the previous four games, he averaged 12, 12 rebounds and about seven points. So, you know, Deadman's out, I think, at least two weeks. Bam, I, I, Bam might be out still for another month or, or even longer. I'm not sure. Dude, and the Heat can't go small because P.J. Tucker is out and Markeith Morris is out too. So it's yeah. like there's, it's there's not, almost no one not, else Jimmy wants yeah. to play center. It's like, yeah, I'll fucking yeah, it's, do it. It's pretty simple. It, it's pretty simple. If you're looking for a guy who can give you a double-double and um, is going to you know give you, if not a double-double, at least give you double-digit rebounds, you know, pick him up. And this One is and the, a half percent like these motherfuckers come out of nowhere, you know, yeah. like Bruce, like what the fuck? They just have these guys that are, you know, all of a sudden, Oh, you're just a solid NBA player. And we've never heard of you before. Cool. Great. You have zero body mass on the index or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, and the Heat need every little bit of luck that they can get because while I do think that the Heat are still a tremendously dangerous team when everyone's healthy, they have not been healthy. Um, they're like they're on the precipice of if they miss too many more games from their stars, they might just have to call it quits. Like they won't have a real opportunity to do anything. Also, Duncan Robinson has been trash. Like, should I drop Duncan Robinson? Uh, I think so. Right, it's bad. I think at this point, it's it's bad, it's real yeah, bad. I, I and it, it's not to say that like he can't turn it around, but with with the amount of with the um, opportunities that a lot of the guys that are currently on the waiver wire are getting right now, I just think you can find a better bet for the short term. And, um, you know, if, if he starts to heat up, <clears throat> keep track of him, maybe pick him back up. But I was thinking a week ago, it's time to t- probably drop Duncan. <clears throat> he is a fucking catastrophe. Like, he's <laughs> shooting 34% from three this season. Last season, he shot 40%. The season before, he shot 44 Um. I used to think that he was indicative of the league-wide slump, and now I think maybe he just hates my guts and is missing on purpose because this is fucking crazy. Like, he had a 26-point game the other day, and I would have been hopeful at the start of the season that, like, a Heat team with all these absences, Duncan Robinson would, like, 
really have taken the reins and been like, no, I can score 20 a game. And it's been opposite. Um, I can't drop him. You should go fuck yourself for suggesting it. It was a trap <laughs> question. I'm not dropping Duncan. Go blue forever. But it's it's rough. Like Max Struess is playing more minutes and taking more shots. And Duncan in our league is has delivered negative value for the season. Yeah, so, no, he's, he's been pretty pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I mean, with that said, um, he doesn't have – he's not in the COVID protocol right yeah. now, so that's a plus. Yeah, there's a pulse. <laughs> yeah. But I think, uh, I think we're going to have that sort of question going forward more over the season. Like, is it time to drop people? Because we're getting halfway through the season is approaching, and some of these yeah. dudes, it's it's brutal. Like if at this point of the season you haven't delivered positive value, then you better really believe in that player. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, so I had another guy, and in between, you know, starting recording the pod and now he's been placed in the uh no shit and safety protocol and that was Nas Reed. Oh my god. So uh Wait, Cad- do you think it's because that you were gonna mention him? Like is it your <laughs> fault? He he hit the he hit COVID protocol about two hours ago. That's so crazy. uh yeah so uh Carl Anthony Towns um you know he's he's in COVID protocol so Reed <laughs> stepped in and played on the 23rd against Utah, had 17 and 10. Um, but, you know, he's going to be out for a while now, too. So, um, you know, let's see who comes back first, Carl Anthony Towns or him. If if he does happen to get back before before Cat, then I, I'd probably pick him up. Behind him, it gets pretty bleak. It's Nathan Knight, Chris Silva, and former Piston, Greg Monroe. No, uh, it's not. <clears throat> yeah. He's not that. No. Yeah. Holy shit, big moose. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt's also in COVID-19 protocol. So, yeah, um, that's just, that's a weird – that's a, an ugly situation right now. Um, Dude, I wish I would, if, if, if V8, like, had – like, if he were able to be playing right now when yeah. everybody else is out, like, I think he'd have some pretty big games. I agree. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, one guy, look, I, I hesitate to recommend this guy just because he's been like very inefficient and dude, we're in the whirlwind, man. <clears throat> Fucking hurricane out there. Like yeah. you have to give us whatever you think. Trust yourself. <laughs> uh, but nine percent owned. Um, Lonzo Ball had. This is not the guy, but Ball. <laughs> right. I don't article. know if you've heard of this dude. His name <laughs> uh, is Lonzo Ball. Ball Ball had just come out and you know had said that he had managed to to not um, you know to to steer clear of the COVID nineteen protocol because he just plays basketball and goes home. But it catches us all eventually, and it, it caught Lonzo today. So Lonzo's going to be out. Um, you know, for however long we'll see. Um, they just but got Kobe him. White. Kobe White's probably going to Whoa, play totally. Boy, um, 
Yeah, 9% owned. Uh, looks like he's probably going to step in and start. He was playing 30 minutes already uh, the last couple games. Not especially great with the minutes, but, you know, he's a guy <laughs> who can – he he can score in bunches, um, and you know he he can facilitate a little bit. You know he is a is more of a scoring point guard, um, yeah. But but can get you a handful of assists if he's in the starting role. So um, it looks like most of a lot of the other players are coming out of of protocol. So he will have, you know, I, I don't know exactly who's healthy for the Bulls right now, but. Uh, looks like he'll have kind of like a great cast of guys to distribute to and to, to play off of. So, you know, he's probably worth a shot if, you, if you're looking for a guard uh, that can score. And um, he's 9% owned. Dude, I love him coming off the bench behind DeMar and Zach. Like, that's awesome to me. Like, just in, you know, in the abstract, I feel like that's pretty good. Um, he has incredible hair. He does, and uh, we were. I think we were both pretty excited about him when he got drafted. Uh, yeah, no, I liked him a lot. Six point guard, um, and in the last two weeks, he's averaging almost fifteen points and two and a half three pointers, three rebounds, two assists. So, you know, not 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 mm-hmm. a bad player. The issue with him is usually efficiency. He should forty one percent over that span. Um, so, you know. It depends kind of on what your strategy is. Like if, if you're a volume, if your strategy is volume, then I think he's a decent play for the next week. Dude, and not to be like too inside baseball, but like Billy Donovan had Russell Westbrook, you know, like he out of any coach should know how to get the best out of a somewhat inefficient point guard. Um, Fair point. And he's done a great job this year. Like there's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and I, I want Kobe White to be good. I feel like he's fun to watch. I agree. I I, I do agree. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's another guy to to kind of look at. Um, like I said, if you're looking for a guard, we we've kind of discussed more bigs, um, but he's a he's a guard that I think is worth considering in deeper leagues. Well, I'm tapped out on ads. Do you have anybody? That was it for me. All right. I mean, there's. Dudes, like we mentioned, like, you know, IT is back, Lance Stevenson is back, but... Although IT played zero minutes on Christmas. Right, exactly. He's already getting... <laughs> you know, some of this is just because we need you for two to three games, and then yeah. guys are back. We don't need you at all anymore. Any um, eaters, right? So, you know, they're... Uh, Basketball is becoming more – basketball roster management is becoming a lot more like baseball. Right. Every year. Right, exactly. So we're going – you know, call-ups are now yeah. a regular part of NBA uh, – of the NBA lexicon. Uh, yeah, and like then, we, don't, we don't even care if we win this game. We just need bodies out there to like, right. like play. <laughs> but that means you have to pay attention to the G League. <laughs> You need to pay attention yeah. to like guys that get signed, and it need, you need to pay attention. Like in a daily league, you just have to know who's who's actually available and who isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and you know, choose wisely. Like you, I, you know, you shouldn't try to be hitting home runs every day with you know dudes that are zero point eight percent rostered. Like just try to get something solid. If all you can mm-hmm. get is rebounds, you know that's fine. Like it adds yep. up. 
You'd rather have something safe, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, keep one spot open for just chaos streaming. Like, I, I have a good feeling about that, dude. Bam. And then yep. try to be profesh with the rest of it. But it's, uh, yeah, everyone has my sympathies because it sort of feels like everything except points has been pretty rare this season. Like, boards have been tough. Dimes have been tough. Steals and blocks, three-pointer made have gone up and down. Efficiency's gone up and down. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's been tough. Like like you said, points. I think boards, I've been able to find boards, but yeah, I agree. Like, the rest of the categories have been it's, – it's just tough. And the thing is, even even when you see a guy who might have had two good games, you, if you don't check the rest of the roster, you don't know if, right. like, he's – like, like I said, IT – he, you know, he played and then totally. the next night he plays zero minutes, right? So, like, you know, you, you have to really manage um, right now and uh, just kind of try to, like, it's a, it's a little bit of a battle of attrition, right? You just got to kind of survive in advance. My Christmas wish is that Boogie is not one of those dudes and he actually, like, gets to stay with the Bucks and has a real actual role on the team. I would love to see DMC like eke out a niche again. Yeah, I agree. And it it seems like there's potential for it because it seems like he's been humbled at this point. So he's not coming in like I'm boogie. He's just like, I'm a, I'm a role player. Totally. I'm just here to fucking get rebounds more and not cause any trouble. Yeah. You know, I'm in bed early. <laughs> Dude, three years ago, him and AD were like in New Orleans as this Twin Towers, like new, new NBA style. Yeah. And man, the NBA happens fast. It does. Fuck. It yeah. is, but it's good to see him out there. I mean, it is nice to see like players get second chances and see them again. I mean, someone like someone funny is going to get. Resigned. Fucking ISO Joe Johnson got yeah. by Boston. And, and uh and who did the Lakers just sign? Oh, I forgot. They just signed someone like Magic Johnson. <laughs> like, yeah, I can play one game. Like I can I can come in for one game. That's fine. Well they, they picked they they picked up uh Stanley Johnson. Oh Darren Collison. Oh, he unretired again? from preaching or yeah. whatever he's doing. He's like, I can take a, I can take a half season. Dude, he's like the rocket in baseball. He's like, I just don't want to go to training camp, but I'll see yeah. you around January. He's a smart dude. Oh, and it sounds like IT might be like, go. Oh, it his 10 day expired Sunday. And it sounds like they don't plan to, uh, to resign him. So the Lakers are just like rotating that's true. I wonder if that just starts being a thing in the NBA, though, like this churn, like IT gets signed by another team immediately. That's <laughs> yeah, just, like, incredible. But it's like, at least you know their conditioning is up to snuff, you know? And it's like, if if you can keep them in the NBA, that's almost better than having to shuttle them back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah these are crazy fucking days, man. Like... Never before have we had to pay attention to minutes per game as hard as we do now. I know. Yeah, it says here, according to uh, 
Pirani, uh, the reporter, that uh, he's expected to receive like strong interest from multiple teams. Sure. So, you're right. He'll probably be on like Atlanta tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> For sure. Like the Pistons are going to be starting Saban Lee at point guard. I think until like everybody else comes back, like it come aboard for 10 days for three or four games. Sure. Great. And I I've heard that name, but I I don't even really know who that is. I kind of like him, but it's fine. I mean, Detroit is the worst team in the NBA by leaps and bounds, which is great. That's totally fine. It's okay. Lee Lee entered the, the uh, protocol on Thursday. God, Jesus. Is that why we lost by 30 today? I didn't even watch that game because I was like, I'm not going into this podcast with another Pistons loss. Uh, yeah, we lost. We always by... play Sunday, too, it seems like. Cool. All right. Yeah. Let's end this pod before I get too upset. Everybody yeah. stay safe out there. Try to get boosted. Wear your masks. And, um, you know, good Happy luck. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Right. Next week. We will be talking to you from 2022, which I'm sure will be totally sane and boring. Yeah. Everything will work out great. Be safe out there, y'all. Have a good week. Take care.